Hey Houston, for a limited time at VisionWorks, you can get two complete pairs of glasses, frames, lenses, the works for just $49 on single vision glasses and $89 on progressives. And that's a good deal, but we offer that pricing on over 500 frames, which makes it a great deal. Right now, buy two complete pairs of single vision glasses for just $49 or two pairs of progressives for only $89. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Offer expires November 10th. Okay, we're going now. Blog Talk Radio. Mission Unstoppable. Guerrilla coach Frankie Picasso is a rebel with a cause. Mission you Unstoppable. Live life on Mission Unstoppable. And every day is an adventure. Here she is, Frankie Picasso. With Mission Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. Good evening, it's the Unstoppable Coach, Frankie Picasso, coming to you tonight on Mission Unstoppable. My guest today is Angie Trelstad. She's a woman who successfully went from victim of a vicious attack to being a champion for women's protection. Today, Angie is a successful executive running a cosmetics company, but she has trained thousands of police officers, SWAT teams, and victims of abuse, rape, and assaults. You are listening to... Mission Unstoppable, part of Coach of the Airways, Coach of the Airways Families of Coaches, where we are changing the world one show at a time. Welcome, Angie. Thank you, Frankie. It's a pleasure. Oh, it truly is my pleasure. I was so excited, you know, when I came across you and your book, Queen of the Urban Jungle. Very, very excited um, to meet you, excited to read the book. It was fabulous, really fabulous. Um, I thought, you you know... It, honestly, it, my emotions ran the gamut. I cried. I laughed. I thought, this, you really made it personable. And, and, of course, it was personable because, you know, it really came from uh, you sharing, I guess, your, your own uh, experience, your own horrific experience. Well, really. I have to tell you, I sat at my computer and laughed and cried while I was writing it. So... <laughs> It sounds like it had the desired effect. Emotion always helps to uh, in your training. If you can connect with people, it always helps them to retain your message, and that's what I was shooting for. Right. Um, I'm just going to – I've opened up the chat window. Let, the, let our callers know that. You can also call in and speak to Angie personally at 646-595-3741. So the lines are now open and you can call us as well. You mentioned in your book that um, you met your husband, and he was your knight in shining armor, not because he saved you, but because he taught you to save yourself. And I thought that that was really profound, because I see you as a knight in shining armor. I see you as, as Joan of Arc with, with your sword at your side, championing women everywhere. And I think that is something that women do really well. I think that, that we take our, our personal experiences to other women. And I want agree, to help and I, I think it makes it a powerful message when, when you can relate on a personal level. And I, I think the thing I found in training uh, women in particular in personal protection is that most of the time women would come after the fact. So after they had been abused or, or robbed or beat up, then they would come and say, you know, I need to learn how to protect myself. So I set out with Queen of the Urban Jungle to create a training, a lifestyle training program rather than just teaching women to fight. It, it actually is a lifestyle training. You change the way you do things in your daily life, which in turn gives you the tools you need and the weapons, if you will, you yep. need to be uh, personally safe. And not just you, but your family, because so many of us nowadays are charged with the protection of our family. You know, you have so many single mothers out there. Exactly. It's then your obligation to protect your children. Um, and I want to go through that laundry list, if we can, just a little bit later. Um, can, we talk about, can we talk about what happened to you very quickly? Is that okay? Or 
Certainly. Just, <laughs> okay. I, I know it's a horrific thing to have to bring up, but, you know, there, there's nothing like experience uh, and the voice of experience. And I know, you know, for myself, the, the, you know, the horrific accident that I went through, that even though it, it, it's something that you don't want to retell, people hear the truth of it, and I want them to hear your truth. Well, the truth of it was that it was an experience I had when I was 17 years old that I literally washed from my mind for for many, many years. And I went on to be, you know, successful and um, a business owner and in control of my life. And then I really never dealt with it um, at the age of 17, I was abducted at gunpoint and raped. And so it, it was a very horrifying experience, one that you never think is going to happen to you. And, oh you know, it yeah. wasn't in the big city and, you know, it wasn't in the, a place that you would normally uh, think that you have to really be concerned about things like that happening. And, um as I get older, of course, this was many years ago as well, where right. it wasn't something that happened um, as much as it does nowadays. So, you know, I, I, I literally basically washed it from my mind and decided the way I was going to deal with it was I was going to let it wash down the drain that day, and, and that's how I dealt with it. Did you and ever then, tell anybody? I didn't. Nobody. Never and told I, a soul. Wow. That's, that's pretty. Extremely close with my family and my sisters and mm-hmm. my mother. And obviously I had, you know, many, many good friends. Right. But it was something that was just so Too horrific. horrific. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who do you, it, it changes the way you feel about yourself. And, and I think even today in, in our progressive society where, you know, women do make up 51% of the population, and we are executives, and we own 40 over 40% of small businesses. Um, we still, there are just some things that, that you just don't know how to share. Right. And then actually, my Did you husband, play the blame game yes. with yourself? I played it before... I mean, immediately before the rape even took place. Right. I, I went through the, well, if I wouldn't have worn shorts today, it was summertime, you know, and if if I wouldn't have done this, if I'd have done that, if I'd have waited for my sister, uh, you know, you do. You go through, uh, you know, the what ifs. Right. Or if, if I would have been more responsible and I was, simply talking on a payphone at a convenience store. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, I didn't do anything. How much of your fault was that? Right. Right. Exactly. I wasn't uh, out at a party drunk or anything like so many of our young college students do. So, right. And, and not that that makes an excuse for it, but, I mean, we do. We we find ways to, to play the blame. Rationalize. Game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that is pretty horrific. That if you are responsible, you do it even more so. You know. Now, did you con- did you notice anything in yourself um, as you were you were seventeen, then as you became eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and the relationships that you had with men? Did it affect those relationships? Did it affect the relationship you had with your father? I know that you were very close with your family and you loved your father very much. But did you find any any anything there? I have to be quite honest with you that literally, Frankie, I literally, it was like it never happened. Okay, so, okay. No, I can't say that I, I... You just really pushed it out of your mind. Yeah, I did. Okay. It, it never happened. and then Never happened. What really stoked it and I guess what brought it up was, and it never really ever came up. I just became then so close to my my now husband, Mm -hmm. that we were traveling and we were driving across the country and it was like in the middle of the night and all of a sudden all these emotions just came up and I just started crying and I'm not a crier, I very seldom do I cry Mm -hmm. and it was 
just so surreal that all of this emotion just came up all of a sudden, and I told him in the car driving across country in the middle wow. of the night. It was, and I don't even know. It wasn't like we were in a conversation that sparked yeah. anything. Yeah. It just happened. And uh, <clears throat> once that happened, and and then, as you know from the book, then my mother, who uh, was 66, uh, was mugged and beat up and, you know, a, a young drug addict stole her purse and didn't just steal her purse but threw her down and commenced to Physically her. attacked her. Yeah. And uh, when that happened, and and at this time I was actually training, you know, women in personal protection, not just women, but men and policemen. And um, right. when that happened to her, it, it it was like, oh, my gosh, I train people how to not <laughs> let these kind of things happen. But my mother is, you know, my mother is everybody's mother. She's right. loving and kind and would do anything for anybody and, uh, you know, talk to her about fighting or anything like that, oh, my gosh, that would just be, it's not a something that she would ever, ever do. So <clears throat> that created a passion in me to create the training that a 17-year-old in high school could sit down and read, and she could relate to it, and she could gain something from it to create a, a safer life. And someone my mother's age, 66 years old, could sit down and read it, and she would take something out of it that that might someday save her life. You know, so, the first thing that was the first thing I thought when I read the book was I have to give it to the girls. Like, you know, I have to give it to my daughters, and I want them to read it right away. And where can they get this book? Actually, right now you can get it on my website at queenoftheurbanjungle.com or qt uj.com okay. and as I told you I I, I run a, a cosmetics company and uh, this actually is my passion um, but I also work in the beauty industry to help make people beautiful on the outside so I like to think that Queen of the Urban Jungle works on the inside and right. then my Sunless Beauty and Solera products help make people beautiful on the outside. Right. So it isn't, is, yeah. it isn't widely available yet. However, I do have it on the website, and I'm, I'm working on an um, a audio version that you can use in the car. Oh, good. Which is, is read by me, but it's, it's not just the book being read. I actually created some exercises to use in the car, if you're riding the subway, etc. What a great idea. That's fantastic. You know, that's one of the things, I mean, you are truly one of the Mission Unstoppable people. You really are. You, you've <laughs> overcome this, even though you, you, you put it away, you, you, you brought it back up, you know, bubbled back up, you, you've dealt with it, and you found a very positive way to deal with something that was very traumatic. And I think that, that is fantastic. And I love how you have positioned it. It is not self-defense. It is self-personal protection. And, you know, I used to manage the world kickboxing champion, and, and whenever I meet people, they go, oh, are you a kickboxer? You know, do you do? No, I don't. But the point was, it wouldn't have mattered if I could or I didn't. It's not about being able to hit somebody um, and, and, you know, have all sorts of strength or whatever. It's not about that at all. It's about being really aware, isn't it? Uh, exactly. Being aware of your surroundings and being uh, in the present moment, really, knowing what you're doing all the time. The other thing I really love um, about the book and about what you say is is, is so true about women and uh, the lioness inside of them. Each of us has the ability to... Um, protect ourselves and in, in, in bring up this this fierce animal, let's say, inside us, especially when it comes to our children. Exactly. But, and, you know, the fiercest animal in the jungle is the female lion. And mm -hmm. she's the one who actually teaches the cubs how to live in the jungle. And that's 
hence the reason for the title of the book and the and the cover is because we all have this ability inside of us and the problem is that we we have a tendency we're also the nurturers and the caregivers right. so in our society that the nurturer and caregiver has has taken over and the um lioness the the protector you know it's something that we never teach our children to do even even the men in our society nowadays is you know protecting yourself and your family is not something that normally comes up in a conversation right i think that needs to change especially in light of the things that are going on you know you i'm sure you heard of the church shootings that are right here in i mean my kids go to that church and so you never know you can you know we we get this sense of uh of complacency and and certainly when you're sitting in in a church right you don't expect to have to protect yourself so what i always like to tell my students is is i'm not into scare tactics i'm into aware tactics if you're right. aware and there's no reason for you to be scared and I imagine these people, you know, who are listening are saying, well, gee, Angie, you know, what can I do against a gun? It's not what you can do against a bullet. You would have walked into that church. You would have looked at exit signs. You would have looked at how can I get out of here in an emergency? How can I protect myself, right? Exactly. And, you know, I tell about, because uh, I travel a lot and, you know, do a lot of conferences. And I was at a beauty mm-hmm. conference in New York and, I was at dinner with probably eight other women, and the the restaurant was, of course, in Manhattan. You know, everywhere you go, the restaurants are extremely right. busy. And we were chatting, and and I said, you know, can I ask you something? Because they were, because I had done a book signing at this convention, and mm-hmm. so we started chatting about different things. And I said, okay, before looking around, tell me if anything happened where's the closest exit? And, of course, there's exit signs above, you know, the main exits, and they all obviously pointed there. So I said, if something happened, so where would you exit? And, of course, they all pointed to the exit. We were sitting next to a window, and we had a wine, uh, metal wine rack next to us, and, and the window was fashioned like a French door, and I said, so in in this case of an emergency, then all of you would go toward that exit where obviously everybody in the restaurant, and there was probably 300 people in there, would right. all be going toward that same exit. And the Rhode Island fires had happened uh, not too long before this when we were discussing this. And I said, what's wrong with this window right here? You have a chair. You have a wine bucket. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you break this window and exit that way if there was a life-threatening situation. Well, that's something that, well, I would have never thought of that. Who Break a window? Well, why wouldn't right. you break a window if you were in a life-threatening situation? <clears throat> and so these are just things where you need to think outside the box once in a while. Yeah, and it's not even just thinking outside the box. I think it's, it's getting away from the delicate female in, in some exactly. ways, that, you know, we, we don't break things, we don't do those things. Let's talk about statistics for a moment, because they're really, you know what, they are frightening, but they're real. So, you know what, there's no point in, in hiding from them. What is it, uh, one in three women? It, it varies between uh, different studies. However, it varies between one in three women to one in 12 as the best case scenario. And right real, now, sorry... Tonight on, uh, and I'll let you carry on, but right now, tonight on um, United Nations Violence Against Women on their human rights, they are, they are quoting one in three women worldwide. Okay, that well. is the, like I said, the, the best case scenario is right. one in 12. However, right. you have to consider as well that they, they estimate that 84% of rapes go unreported still. Right. Now remember, so mine was never reported. Right. Um, you know, I and it's amazing, Frankie, since I wrote the book, 
I've had so many friends that I've known for for years who have come to me after they read my book and said, well, you know, when I was 13 mm-hmm. or when I was in college, uh, this happened. And these are these are women that I've been, you know, intimate friends with for years. Right, right. And I'm like, why... Why had that never? Why have you never told me that before? Well, you know, it's something I, I never told anybody. It's it it goes beyond embarrassing. I think you know, I was married to an abuser. Um, he hit me. I didn't tell anybody. You don't because you think, how can it happen to somebody like me? Exactly. You know, how can somebody like me have a husband like that that, that hits me? It, and it's beyond embarrassing. And to honestly, to hit him back, I was afraid to hit him back. I wasn't afraid to hit him back because I would hurt myself. I was afraid to hit him back because I was really afraid I would kill him if I, once I got going. <laughs> <laughs> true. Exactly. And that you is know? so true that how many people do you know even today that um you know at work or or even in church that that doesn't tell anybody it, right. it's it's frightening really the statistics today and you know most of many of the assaults and and sexual assaults and rapes are committed by you know acquaintances or right. family members and then that gets into a, a whole other arena of embarrassment and shame and as that you said we go, we go through the blame game of well I probably shouldn't have done this or I probably shouldn't have done that and and look how far we've come you know in for women in 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 the world yeah and to think that this continues to go on what are we talking? We're talking. Let's put it into perspective. Let's 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 you know, it's fourteen point nine women every second or every minute who are being assaulted. Right. That is huge numbers. Every minute. So every just minute. We've been talking. You know, eight hundred ninety to an hour. Yeah. Wow. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. And you know, you know, one thing. My husband who who was in police work for 20 years, um, when I started doing the research on my book, and I have to tell you, I was floored by the statistics. Mm -hmm. I I thought, oh, my gosh, to think I'm not alone. I'm not (laughs) the only person that this has happened to. You know, because you get that feeling like you're... Like this doesn't happen to anybody else. When we, when I started studying statistics, and I would run to him and I would say, "You're not going to believe this," and he said, "You know, I am just." And he said, "I was in police work for 20 years," and he said, "And and I know because, you know, they respond to domestic violence, which right. domestic violence are some of the most dangerous calls that our law enforcement go on." Mm-hmm. Um, because you you get feelings and emotions and passion involved, and and it becomes very dangerous for for people. So, you know, he said, now I have to think when I go in a room with a bunch of men, if one in three women are being assaulted, mm-hmm. he said, it gives me a whole new perspective on a room full of men when I walk into a room full of men. Right. He said, somebody's doing the raping and the assaulting. Yeah. yeah. They are. So that's and it's why, not the women. <laughs> exactly. And that's why we talk about, I talk about in the book, your exercises on how to look at people differently and to use your intuition. I mean, how many times have you met someone and and you're, First basic instinct is, ooh, there's just something about them. Yeah. And then after a time, you find out that that very first instinct you had was correct, 
was right on. Usually, usually all the time. And that is something that even um, where it doesn't pertain to other people, ladies, but it pertains to your business, pertains to your children, whatever. Use your instincts. Learn to rely on them. They are your angels or your 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 guardians or whatever you want to call it. But but those instincts will save you time and time again. And once you get to rely on that gut feeling, uh, you can use it for everything. Absolutely oh, everything. Oh, it, You're right. It, it's oh. a vibration. Everything in this earth carries a vibration, positive or negative. And you Absolutely. Can feel it. And you know something else? I believe women are born with a stronger sense of intuition. Mm-hmm. I think so and, too. And I think what happens is, and of course I cover this in, in my book as well, in Queen of the Urban Jungle, is that we rather than paying attention to that intuition our our parents and the parents before them you know have kind of taught us how to dumb that down rather than to groom that and to yeah. grow that you know it's like oh you're being silly don't be silly right so we really need to get back in touch with that little voice in the back of our head that says ooh you know what you shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's right. And 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 maybe it's okay not to be so nice when you're feeling that. In that right. part of the thing, you say, "Oh, well, it's not very nice to to feel that about him." Like I, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He's just sitting here. Why why don't I like him? You know what? It well, doesn't matter. You know, that's one you of know. the the things I say is that women, especially, are more concerned about hurting someone's feelings. Yeah possibility of offending someone than we are about our own personal health and protection right i don't i don't you know i you really shouldn't do that and my mother taught me that i mean my mother is one of the uh, finest people on the planet and god love her for that but there's just too many times in this day and age where you can't afford to do that and and if you go back in history I mean, you know, it it is getting worse as far as violence in the workplace and et cetera, et cetera. But this has been going on for generations, ladies, and it's about time that we take our power back. And, you know, you don't have to uh, marry a wimpy guy to be powerful. My husband is probably one of the most macho men on the planet, but he he respects me so much you know, we have a mutual respect for each other, and together we are strong, together. Right. But I'm also strong when I'm traveling to New York by myself or I'm traveling, you know, or he's traveling by And that's himself. important that you feel confident that, that you can, um, you know, that you are resourceful, you're a survivor, and that you have the skills to, you know, be smart. So let's, we're going to talk about those um, very soon, because I think it's really important. I'm going to put these up on, on the website, on the Mission Unstoppable website, so after the show, people can go and look for them there as well, uh, and then they can come to yourqueenofthejungle.com to get the book, because it's certainly well worth reading and passing on to the women in your lives. So gentlemen, if you don't know what to get them for Christmas, certainly put this in the stocking, because it's well worth um, the visit and, and the read for sure. Um, we were going to talk then about, well, okay, let's do it. Let's talk about some of the personal protection things that we can do uh, to help avoid situations. One of them was listen to your instincts. Absolutely. And that, you know, as I said, most the people I trained, unfortunately, would come to me after something had happened, after they had been mugged or they had been assaulted and then they would come and say you know what I need to learn how to protect myself and so you know avoidance is your very best defense if you can avoid a situation that's your very best defense so if your awareness skills and there's a lot of uh, exercises that I go through in the book that you can do in everyday life because one thing about me is I'm a busy person. I always have been. You know, I've always been very driven. So I don't have time to go to a class twice a week or three times a week and 
you know, people always ask, well, what kind of martial arts do you do? Well, I don't have time to go get a black belt in martial arts to take care of myself. So what I say is just start doing things differently during your day, just like we buckle our seatbelts. You know, a lot of people griped about having to get in your car and buckle your seatbelt. Well, how much time does that take? Well, now we wouldn't think about putting our kids in the car without putting them in a car seat or buckling them up or putting a, a seatbelt on ourselves. It's part of our daily life. And so uh, being aware of your surroundings is the same thing. When you uh, walk from your workplace each day, how do you walk? Do you have a pattern? You know, I've had a few people that have told me they had a pattern. Well, I take my son to school every day at 9 o'clock, and in this particular situation, uh, when she got home from taking her son to school, uh, there was a guy in her garage. Now, she doesn't know whether he came in as she was pulling the car in because she wasn't paying attention. Um, mm-hmm. But thank God she lived and she wasn't uh, beat up and left tied up and assaulted because she did have a quick reaction. Mm-hmm. However, she didn't know, you know, how could she have avoided that? So if you go through the things of how could I have avo- avoided that, she said, number one, if I would have looked when I opened my garage door to back out, because it's possible he could have gotten in then, or mm-hmm. when I got home, opened my garage, pulled in my garage, I should have checked my surroundings before I opened the car door. Now, she lived in a gated, guard-gated community, so, you know, these things that you become complacent with, it doesn't take any more time when you get in your car in the morning, when you open the garage door to look behind you, look in both your mirrors, you know, watch until the garage door is all the way closed before you pull away, little things like that. that look just, in the back seat before you get in. Exactly. Um, right. In it, your intuition, Frankie, I cannot stress enough how important your intuition is. Explain to I, me what you meant about when you are driving a car and you stopped your car just behind where you can see the other car's front wheel. Well, when you're in traffic, and especially when we were having so many carjackings, mm-hmm. uh, people pull up so closely and so they're nearly touching the bumper in front. Right. You're blocking yourself in for one, but then you're also on a direct line with everybody else so they can look in your car and see what you're doing and and so I always Mm -hmm. say if you stop back far enough so you can see the tires of the car in front of you then if you had to get out of a situation you actually can you're going to hit a car here or there but you can get out of a situation you're not blocking yourself in Um, okay so it's always good to stop and leave enough room between you so you can see the bottom of the tires of the car in front of you. Oh, I was thinking it was a car diagonal to you. Okay. That makes sense. And then also, when you're in your car walking down the street, and I do this a lot because I, I walk a lot, in, mm-hmm. especially in New York. I love walking around in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's a very safe big city now. But mm-hmm. if you are just aware of your surroundings and, you know, there's windows everywhere and cars everywhere. And, you know, always use the reflective surfaces as rearview mir- mirrors for yourself. Yeah. And as I said, I don't want people to think that I'm paranoid because I'm anything but paranoid. I always say it's not about being paranoid. It's about being prepared. Right. And not just for a violent situation, but a car for anything. running over you or, or anything. And so, don't you think attitude is everything, too? I mean, you always hear, and we're talking vibes, good vibes, bad vibes. So when a woman walks down the street with confidence, with this don't F with me attitude, you know, around her, she's less likely to look like a victim. She's less likely to look like somebody who's going to be, oh, this is going to be easy. Exactly. And the, another reason why that's so important is because the studies done on um, the really violent criminals are Mm -hmm. they hone their skills 
and they are predators. And they go out and they search for uh, the most unaware. So don't don't think that that someone's not noticing you and your body language and your uh, attitude, because mm-hmm. these violent criminals go out and they choose their prey. And who are they going to choose? Someone walking around aware of their surroundings, or someone with an iPod on, walking, goofing with their cell phone not aware of what's going on, they choose their victims. So you're not only safer because you're aware, but because your body then is giving off a new vibe that Mm -hmm. says, I know where I'm at, I know where I'm going, and as you said, don't mess with me because I'm in control of my environment. Yeah. What I found really interesting um, in the book you talk about that – a lot of women smelt ammonia before the attack. That's really bizarre. Where do you think yeah, that comes from? I think it's like a pheromone or something. Okay. Um, uh, or, or maybe a chemical imbalance, but I found that very interesting as well in my research that many women said they they smelled a strong smell like ammonia before the sexual assault that w- these were in sexual assault cases right right so, so it's almost like said, like people who um who are going to have an epileptic seizure smell burnt toast right it's like a warning sign exactly and so as i say use all of your senses not just um your intuition but your vision you know we talked about the reflective surfaces but you'd be surprised with your peripheral vision mm-hmm. how how much of your whole 360-degree area you can be aware of just by using your peripheral vision. And you can notice when something invades your peripheral vision, as I said, you don't have to be prepared. Just glance and notice what's around you. And people notice if you're aware of what's going on around you. Like if you give um, this perpetrator eye contact, are they less likely to come near you then or more likely? You don't want to do prolonged eye contact. But enough eye contact for them to know that you're aware of them Mm -hmm. and you could identify them in a lineup. (laughs) Right, right. So does that may say. No, that's what I was thinking. Absolutely. Hey, buddy, I saw you. Um, But you don't want to do the confrontational thing. No, you don't want to be confrontational at all. I mean, we're not going out looking for confrontation. Um, But, you know, as I also said in my book, because I do train people with weapons and without weapons, and I have to tell you, the best, most reliable weapon and most important weapon that anybody has is their mind. Right. If your mind is switched on and your brain is in gear that should be the only weapon you ever need in your life. It's just being aware, your intuition, all of these things, there's no better weapon than your brain. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, you know, I was getting scared reading the book. Um, and all through the book you say, don't be scared, I'm not here to scare you. But it is really kind of scary because, you know, it does bring home the reality that, that life is fragile. And there are people out there who aren't nice. And as much as we want to live in a world that is nice, because that's where we come from, there are people who don't. And and they are definitely out there. The statistics are proving this. One in three men are out there, and they're going to assault somebody, and they're doing it right this very second. Well, so, that's, that's the thing, is, as I say in the end of the book, is that yeah. I, I am a different person now. But I'm different in a good way because I was the uh, my rose-colored glasses. I put them on every day of my life. I mean, I had a, right. a fairy tale childhood and a wonderful parents, and you just always thought the best of people. And and it still is in our nature to believe that pe- people are basically good. But you know what? People are basically not good, and people work to be good. 
mm-hmm. and there's a lot of bad people. And so if we if we can just come to terms with that and be okay with that and know that I'm a good person and I would do anything for anybody, I would give you the shirt off my back if right. you needed it because that's the kind of person I am. And yeah. You know, you can be a good person and you can live a good life and there's no reason why you can't be totally in control of your environment, in control of your boundaries, which we talk about boundaries in the book. Right. You need to, because, you know, we have trouble setting boundaries a lot of times. Yeah. And so you you have good boundaries and, like I said, you're not paranoid, you're just prepared. And, you know, the the color code that I talk about in the book, Frankie, is a really, really good good practice to get into. And like I said, in, in, at the end of each chapter, and they're short chapters, uh, we give you an exercise to do just to practice in your everyday life. Uh, for instance, you know, how are you stepping? Are you stepping into an, a known or an unknown? And the color code, white, yellow, orange, and red, and I know, you know, since September 11th, our government here has has created this code of of awareness, and everybody's kind of made fun of it, but it works. But the problem is, you have to know what you need to do when you change from white to yellow to orange and to red, because we've used that in law enforcement training for years, and it works. It helps you to go through a series of steps so the escalation of force and you're in control every step of the way. And that's something that we probably need a little more time to go into, but it's outlined in the book and it really does work for you and it's something you can practice every day of your life. Did I lose you? Hi, Angie. You still there? Yeah, Sorry. I'm here. <laughs> I got bumped off. I apologize. Live radio. Anything can happen. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for keeping going on for me. Okay, where were you? That has never happened before. But it used to happen on the, on the old one. We had the old broadcasting system. It was like, oh, gosh. I apologize. I'm back, though. We're back. No problem. I'm here with Angie. It's Trump. good to have you. Yeah. The queen of the urban jungle. She's, she took over for me. Okay. <laughs> What were you talking about? Well, I was talking about the um, color code. Where oh, right, yeah, go, that's great. You go through different stages of awareness, mm-hmm. and white is what I like to say you should only sleep in white because that's the people that are walking around, don't know anything that's going on around them. They're you know, listening to their iPod, they're playing games, they're talking on their cell phone and mm-hmm. a terrific target for a predator. And yellow is a relaxed sense of awareness where you just, you're not, you know, on alert. You're not jumpy, you're, relaxed, you're not nervous. Yeah. But you're aware of what's going on around you. If something invades your peripheral vision, you're aware of it, you take note of it. And mm-hmm. orange would be, a heightened level of awareness where there's been something that has triggered an alert in you. For instance, a, a flare in the road would mm-hmm. would put you into an orange state of mind where you would know there's something, you know, ahead that you need to be aware of and maybe take special precaution or uh, someone knocks on your door in the middle of the night. That's not mm-hmm. something that normally happens. So you would you would certainly go into a heightened level of awareness. Now, what would you do? You're driving by yourself, Angie, and you see there's a flare up ahead, and, and, you know, somebody wants you to stop. What do you do? Well, you'd certainly slow down, because usually a flare would indicate that there's been an accident or something Mm -hmm. like that. And up in Canada, I'm sure, and here in Colorado, the roads are icy, so uh, many times in the wintertime you'll see a flare. Now, if 
if there isn't anything going on and there's a man in the road flagging for you to to pull over, you know, that's when you have to use your intuition. Mm-hmm. And I would never pull I would certainly pull out my cell phone and I would call and check with Highway Patrol or 911 and say there's a man on the side of the road with a flare. I'm not going mm-hmm. to stop, but this is the location. And, you know, many times I tell women this too, and they say, I, you know, I never noticed that. The mile markers on the side of the highway right. which indicate will we'll give um, authorities your exact location. If you say mm-hmm. I'm on Highway 25, I'm at mile marker 124, then they'll know exactly where you are. Many times with cell phones nowadays, um, they do they are able to track your where you're at, mm-hmm. um, but many times they won't be able to tell if you're on a cell phone. So it's important to know where you're at. Um, Is again, there um, a law about women not having to stop for police officers if they're alone? Isn't there something that they can wait until they feel comfortable? Or I you I read can if like if it's a marked car with you know red and white lights right um, i'm sure you've seen some of the results of of women trying to take off you obviously don't want to take off if you don't right. feel comfortable opening the window you can phone in the um the squad car number the license plate and you can mm-hmm. check and you know i i talk about that as well in the book in questioning authority because mm-hmm. now with the ability to, you know, for people to get badges and uniforms and, um, you know, uh, you should know what the police cars look like in your area. Uh, if someone pulls you over in an unmar- unmarked car and you don't feel comfortable with it, I would say pull over to the side of the road and use your cell phone. Dial 911. Uh, mm-hmm. Dial your emergency number if you don't feel comfortable if if your intuition goes off um and question authority and and if you question authority respectfully uh normally unless it's just a, a you know one in a million incidents where you get a badge heavy jerk police officer um mm-hmm. but most of the time if you question authority with respect there will be no problem. You won't have to worry about repercussions. But you do want to... My license plate says unstoppable. And my kids, they they used to tease me. They go, you're going to get so much trouble from the police. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) No, but if you you do feel uncomfortable, if, if that little naggy voice says, ooh, something's wrong with this, then yeah, drive to a yeah. lighted area, but I would say always, you know, stop and call 911 if you have to and let them know you're calling 911 and you Isn't don't feel amazing? You know, having a cell phone, what do we do without them? My goodness. I don't know. Just, and computers. incredible. And computers, My computer yeah. was down the other day, and I tell you, I was brain damaged for two days. I had brain Honestly. damage. I couldn't do anything. I email everything for everybody. I mean, that's, that's how I communicate with life, you know, through email. Forget about the phone, now email. I need everything instantaneous. You know, um, I wanted to talk about one chapter in your book. where you, I guess it was the chapter where you talk about faith. And you were kind of worried that you might be turning people off because I think you have a very deep spiritual faith. You were brought up in a religious household, I'm gathering, and you do believe in God and Jesus and and. And that's, that's okay. And, you know, I'm not a religious person, and, but I am very spiritual. And I, and I can tell you from my perspective, it didn't take anything away from, from the book. So <laughs> well, I just wanted to let I you am, know that. And I think if you, if you have a spiritual and a faith in God, and uh, like I said, that was my strength. I prayed right. like I had never prayed before in my life. And... You know, we have gotten into the whole politically correct uh, mm-hmm. way to tell things, but I have to tell you, if it wasn't for my faith in Jesus Christ, I would never have gotten through what it, 
the way I did. I mean, I'm right. I'm stronger. I have more faith. And you know, so many people say, well, if if there is a God, why does he let things like that happen? And I always tell people, you know, it's not because of God those things happen. It's the absence of God. Why why mm-hmm. bad things happen? It's because the people who are are doing these bad things have an absence of of God in their life. And so yeah. I think faith is I think faith is very important and you have especially going through something like this it could have totally changed my life. I could be a totally different person than I am. But it did today. change your life. It did. Yeah. It did in 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 a good way, actually. In a good way. Um in a good way. And I think that sometimes these things happen to us because it is a way for us to to share with other women or other people. Even my own accident, it's a way to share with other people and they know that you know what you're talking about. It's one thing to say, oh, that's okay, dear. Things will get better. If you haven't been there, you don't know what they're going through. And you, you, don't, know, you now know how hard it is. You know how to be a survivor. You know how to be positive. And you can tell people there is life after the event. You can be happy again. You can have a normal relationship. You can do things. Well, and you know there's, there's so many, because I have a lot of uh, very dear friends, Dr. Sheree Carter-Scott, who did the forward in my book, is a, a mm. life coach, and and she's a, you know, psychologist and, and helps people through things like this. And and I have several friends that said, well, you never dealt with this, and, and that's not healthy. Well, I did deal with it in my mm. own way, and I think we all have a way that we deal with it. Now, I do have regrets now because of all the the things that happen that go unreported. And I know these people go out and they abuse other women. And so right. my biggest regret is that how many other women or young girls were affected by these people because I didn't go to the police. You know, did you I, ever think I, about I, finding them now? Have you ever thought of that? Imagine would I have. fight them now? No. Would you, know you have, would you go and look for them now? You know, truly, I, I erased it. I was so good at the erasing. I mm-hmm. believe I could meet them on the street, and I wouldn't know. Okay. Which would probably be kind of a scary thought, but if they. <laughs> Introduce themselves to me. Hi, I'm a guy. (laughs) Yeah. I I did a really good job of really just erasing the chapter until 20. It was over 20 years later. No, I I understand that, yeah. 20 years is a long time. And so my mission would be to, to try to be a person that, that could talk to someone and say, you know, you do. You need to talk about this. You need to make right. sure that the people are punished that do this, because it's yeah. become a perpetual motion machine. Uh, you know, it's just a perpetual thing that continues to happen. And can, how can so many women be abused? I know in this day and age. It's One of the hardest ones is, is in your family, especially when there's um, a child molester in the family. Because it's so hard to, for women to think about breaking up their family. Right. You know, like think of there's a grandparent, you know, abusing a child. What do you do as a mother? Well, you want to remove your child from it, but do you want to prosecute, you know, your, your mother-in-law's husband? Do you want to send them to jail? You know, like what do you do? It's, it's, it is, oh, you have to do the right thing, but it's just a very hard decision that, it's a hard thing to do, but you have well, to be and you strong. Know, that's you have something to... that, Frankie, honestly, I don't, I don't think I could relate to because uh, women that have husbands that then abuse their children, mm-hmm. I can't fathom that. But I'm I sure don't. 
that these horrible things happen. Yeah, and I'm sure that that the man obviously has to be an abuser, and mm-hmm. so you know the type of horrific mental anguish that these women go through when I mean they're they're like zombies almost. Yeah. Because people say, oh, well, they should have just left and they should have killed him and yeah. they should have done so this. easy. And until you've been in those shoes, mm-hmm. again, you know, it comes down to who, who are we looking at to blame. It's it's the woman. Well, the mother, how could she do that? You know, right. and, and it seems so many times, and I talk about this in my book, too. I hate to keep saying that, but, you know, we no. talk about... I talk about how women say, oh, well, you know, if if you think your husband's faithful to you, then you're just like driven, living in a dream world. Where Which are we silly. in society now where we don't believe that we can have monogamous, faithful relationships right. when we feel like a man is just being a man if, if a woman throws herself at him and and oh, well, he couldn't yeah. help himself because he was just being a man and she's a whore. Then the blame, once again, is going on who? The woman. You know, and that's the, man the most is stupid thing I've ever heard. You know, men have, have responsibility for their actions and women have responsibility for their actions. And if a man, uh, if a man can't keep his pants zipped up, it's because he couldn't keep his pants zipped up. It has nothing to do with a woman. Exactly. Yeah. And and I, and could, I do believe I that you can have faithful relationships. I have yeah. no, uh, there's nobody that, uh, no woman that could ever throw herself at my husband stark right. naked and I would ever concern myself with him just being a man. No, he right. is always my husband. And, you know, him well, being a man because they don't understand it, to do but there's more than fidelity. sex. That's right. Fidelity has has less to do with sex and and really more to do, you know, with with respect and love of the person that you're with, and that's a choice. Right. That's a choice. And, and men are make. not just. I mean, it isn't a natural human men, man instinct to just you know have no control over himself. I know, that's being a man, that's not being a man. That's being a boy. You don't have control over what you do. Right. You need to take responsibility for your actions. Everybody does. You get your power with responsibility. And if you want to be powerless, gentlemen, and I'm not saying that because, you know what, you didn't bring this up. (laughs) But if, if if they want to lose their power, then they can say, the woman made me do it. But, yeah, no, sorry, doesn't wash. No, and and then again. And the women are silly by saying that. You know, we get back to the reason that so many of these these incidences go unreported because the woman starts with the self blame game. I mean, we started there yeah. in our conversation, right? Did you right. start with the self blame game? Yes. Yeah. And then society starts with the blame game. Well, so if your hair wasn't was so long and your shorts weren't so short and your this wasn't that, you weren't so pretty, and yeah, and you weren't by yourself and you didn't get on a telephone and you didn't walk to the store and you didn't have a pop in your hand. I mean, it's so ridiculous. You know what? Like, you were just breathing. <laughs> and, and you were cure this, The way to cure this is for us to become empowered, to become in control of our environment, aware of our surroundings, and to be on the offensive, not on the defensive. And we have a chapter about that in the book as well. Right. right. To become in control of your life. And then you see you see the signs when things happen. And, you know, people ask me, if this happened to you today, would you fight? Because I teach people how to fight. Right. And I say, but it's not just about that, because you know what? This wouldn't happen today to me. Right. Because I wouldn't be standing at a phone booth with my back toward the parking lot, talking on the phone and not paying attention to my surroundings. I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. I would pay attention to that little instinct in my mind that told me before they even grabbed me from the, the phone booth. I yeah, you want to see these guys drive up and go, I don't feel good about this, and get off. 
Exactly. I would never have let them put me in a car and take me to another location with a gun or without a gun. Right. And that's one thing I can tell you now. Don't ever let them take you to another location because that's very, very, very bad. And We've got a couple of seconds left in the show. Believe it or not, that's how fast it goes. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> my guest today has been Andy Charleston. She has a book, Queen of the Urban Jungle. You can get it at www.queenoftheurbanjungle.com. I urge you, please go out and get this book. Give it to your mothers, your sisters, your brothers, everybody. Everybody should read this book. It's a fabulous book. And uh, I thank you so much for coming on thank the show. Thank you. And, and I have to, to plug... Oh yeah, plug Solera and my Solera product. Yeah. We have absolutely <laughs> the best, most exciting self-tanning technology on the market. It's the new self-tanning mitt, and it you can go and purchase it at Solera S O L E R R A dot com or sunlessbeauty.com. Email me from any of these websites or Angie at sunlessbeauty.com. I'd be happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, just chat with you, um, and God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas and holiday. And, and Frankie, thank, you, thank you. you so much. You are so welcome. Thanks very much. Good night, everybody, wherever you are in the world. Have yourself a wonderful day or evening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Angie. Bye, Frankie.